0: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to another CineQuest video. Today we are talking or continuing to talk about uh, UFO alien films that are kind of loosely based but sort of not based on true events. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Fire in the Sky, uh, the Travis Walton experience. Uh, Actually, it's based off the book, The Travis Walton Experience. The book is right here. I'll probably put a picture up so you can see it better. Today I'm here with Daniel. Heyo. And Roland. What's up? Um, My name is Ray, if you did not know. I just want to preface this uh, about this movie. Roland and I did meet Travis Walton in real life.
1: Yeah, he's pretty cool.
0: He's a pretty cool guy, real chill. He put his hand on my shoulder. There'll be a picture here (laughs) (laughs) of uh, me holding my memorabilia, the book, the poster. And uh, I thought he'd be taller. Was not as tall as I thought he would be.
1: Well, he's not a short guy.
0: He's not a short guy, no. He's taller than I am, but, uh, I mean, it wasn't by much. He seemed like a cool guy. I did see him speak. You did not? Nope. At the Annenberg UFO convention uh, when she recounted his tales. And he also premiered for us. Now I don't think it was we were the first, but he was kind of going around the.
1: You want to feel like you were the first. Well, no, just he was going around that. the
0: convention circuit, like uh, no, showing his like movie, a soft movie. Premiere. Yeah, a soft yeah. premiere of his documentary. Travis spotlight
1: was on the two of you. <laughs> oh yeah, I was there. And I was just like, I'm here, Travis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on, <yeah. laughs> Just rise above the crowd. <laughs> you know you're like WWE sign. Like.
0: <laughs> um, he was showing his documentary Show Travis me your Yeah. Um, have you seen that Travis documentary?
1: Not all of it, no. It's pretty good. I it goes it all through right, all the out, the people where there are,
0: are now. And I was kind of surprised to see that a lot of the people that were involved in this incident, They they had bad blood between them for like the longest time because people were kind of pissed off that Travis Walton continued on with the story about him being abducted by UFOs. And it was kind of fucking with all their lives. Uh, People thinking they're crazy, you know, because initially people thought they killed him. Yeah. So they already like branded as murderers. He comes back. Now everyone just thinks, oh, it's just a hoax now. And they're going to continue on with this outrageous story about being abducted by aliens and I know, I think the guy that played uh, the Henry Thomas character, I think, uh, in the documentary. Like, I don't remember the guy's name. I think it was Greg. He's like the youngest guy there. Even his mother didn't believe him. Like, he thought they were talking about demons and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So, there was a lot of stuff. that They had to make peace with, with Travis and stuff because I know some of them, like, believed him. And even, like, some of them who were actually involved and saw everything were just fucking angry with him that he kept on telling the story and they wanted him to just drop it hmm. but yeah so that's in the documentary which i do recommend also you check out uh it's just called travis uh i think it's on prime you can rent it i have an actual copy of it which he also did sign nice i'm very uh the book protective. the poster and that i'm like like very protective of you know <laughs> um, t- mind you i did mark in this but oh well it's mine now well
2: yeah and i i did feel a little bit bad of opening yeah. it up to read earlier because i was just like oh he signed this yeah That's he did
0: he did fancy. sign it and, and you can probably get a close-up of that it does say ray may reason guide us to discover declare and depend the defend, defend the truth excuse me uh, travis walton
1: so uh, is this kind of like <laughs> mothman prophecies probably writes it in as every far as the movie goes? Yeah, right? <laughs> is it just, does, it, does it follow the book at all I guess that's how the, they they're portrayed it. I to an extent, obviously, uh,
0: Travis Walton is very adamant about the fact that the scene, uh, the abduction scene that he kind of remembers in a very traumatic way
1: sure.
0: in the film is not the way it happened. And we'll get to that in just, uh, in just a moment. It didn't happen entirely that way. He did have trauma. He was afraid, according to his own words. You can check him out on the Joe Rogan Experience, where he mentions that he it was one of the most traumatic experiences or terrifying experiences of his life. Um, But it didn't happen as the movie portrays it because that they even take it to another level with that uh, scene because the aliens don't the aliens are different, uh, but the what they do to him is even worse. And I mean, we'll get to like more details about what happens there, but uh, there 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 were. I mean, the basis of the story is there. But, of course, they had to kind of embellish certain things to make it yeah. so, certainly, and
1: so uh, I wouldn't think it's as bad as Mothman Prophecy.
2: At the top, you know, this is probably the least prepared I, for a discussion of a UFO phenomenon. Because I know of the Travis Walton story. I've seen Fire in the Sky, I guess, twice now. Um, saw it a couple years ago, then revisited the other night. or um, when I had my premiere of Mothman Prophecies, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I didn't do my homework per se. Probably should have tried to at least get this on an ebook or something. Go through it. Uh,
0: honestly, know. it's not necessary. Uh, the one thing I I just picked it up because I've had it for a long time. I've never opened it. Um, I there was a one point in time where I, I still want to like give this an entire read through. It's it's fairly quick read, um, but I just wanted to get some minor details between. The experience that he had in the movie and the experience that he actually describes, Because he does talk about it and he's talked about it in the documentary. He's Mm -hmm. talked about it on podcast. Again. Yeah, because I've heard it like –
2: I don't remember who interviewed him because there was a while I was just, you know, basically just shopping for paranormal-based podcasts. And so there's somewhere – and I think it's one that I just stopped listening to for whatever reason because – if I had kept up with them, I'd go like, oh, yeah, they're the ones that did Travis Walton. Like, I'd remember that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was just one of the, you know, flashes in the pan of just trying to discover, like, you know, Apart from last Podcast and Trinati, right. like, there were some good, you know, dudes to listen to. Right.
0: Um, I mean, you can probably go more in-depth in this. But, again, for the sake of a Cinequest-Valley Strange crossover, uh, we're going very superficial as far as, like, minor differences within the movie and the actual experience of Travis Walton. Um, Some of them are fairly humorous. Again, for effect in the movie, I can see why they took liberties to make it, to really keep the tension Mm. in the movie. Because, you know, he does go through uh, something happens with the UFO. He disappears. And then we don't see him for about a good chunk of the movie because we're dealing with the people on Earth.
2: Yeah, And And then he just
0: shows back up again.
2: And that's one thing. I'm not sure how much he talks about in the book as far as like experience of his buddies and shit and like, you know, not so much buddies, but just his, his work crew right, and, and, and his family and stuff. And like he has his,
0: to take it from their word because, I mean, he obviously wasn't here. Yeah. Uh, but before we continue on, let's go into the synopsis of the movie. Released in 1993, Fire in the Sky follows the based on true events alien abduction of Travis Walton in 1975. Travis Walton is an Arizona logger working with his soon to be brother-in-law, Mike Rogers and four co-workers. One night while heading home, they witness a floating object in the woods. An excited Travis exits the truck to get a closer look, and a beam of light stuns Travis, throwing him a few yards and terrifying the others to the point that they leave Travis behind. Travis has gone for five days, only to return with the story of an abduction account that has intrigued the public for decades.
2: Great synopsis. Once wow. really awesome again, just he drove man. all the way back home oh, and got them all rigged up. Also, oh, so cool, man. Right?
0: Right? We're just really getting... Really yeah, tight, tight, tight and with pop,
2: Popping. <laughs> Snapping. That three hours was very quick.
0: It was. It was. <laughs> it's like some UFO kind of intervention, you know. Oh, did we just have time lost time? Uh, we might have. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, initial thoughts of this movie. Uh, what are your experiences when you first see it?
2: Uh, again, you were kind of going over that just a bit. Yeah, two, three years ago, um, just to get through it real quick. Um, I really liked it both times I watched it. Um like, that was like pretty solid, and with the angle of focusing on you know his soon-to-be brother-in-law mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, the other workmen crew, and then some of the like you know the laws side of it, you know, and how the town erupts and stuff. Like that's one thing that I thought was really unique because yeah, there's been all these UFO movies and stuff, but and I guess maybe Close Encounters is very close in terms of like. Showing community impact of right. some isolated viewings of or experiences of an individual or a few folks.
0: And and the one thing about this movie is that, uh, or this even the actual story is that it's not just one person who was involved. There were many people yeah. who saw something that happened, and but yet, granted, only one person was abducted. So, the only one who knows what happens happened while he was gone was Travis Walton, um, and everyone else had to just speculate. And of course. The unfortunate thing about the crew and all that, they
2: got the negative end of that. Yeah, because being, in they case were, of being murderers. Yeah, because all of a sudden, you know, a crewman disappears and it's not like they didn't have chainsaws and how shovels. Could and they do skins. that
1: to Robert Patrick? How could you how could they possibly think that he would let's murder you know
0: what? Uh anyone. before we continue on, let's talk about the cast in this movie because yeah. it's quite impressive.
2: Um we have... Now, I think I've only seen D.B. Sweeney in this. Like, as Jen and I were talking about the other night, yeah. she's, like, she's like, oh, I loved him in this, I loved him in that. So I pulled the wiki and I'm just like, oh... Um,
0: I honestly don't I know, know much about D.B. Sweeney. <laughs> yeah. Fire in the Sky. That's it. Uh, we have D.B. Sweeney. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen him in other movies, but I don't know where... I only know him from this one. And we have the T-1000 himself. Damn right. Robert Patrick. Very unrecognizable in this yeah. movie. No just thing. the long hair. Like the whole yeah, thing. he looks just like a kid.
2: Looks like fucking almost like uh, what's his butt plays Daryl in Walking Dead, you know, just
0: yeah Norman yeah, yeah Norman like Reedus, Norman Reedus
2: yeah. <laughs> kind of like a Norman yeah. Reedus version of. In
0: you know. fact, yeah. I I recently saw a movie with Robert Patrick now on Shutter called What Josiah Saw, and I will tell you this, uh, and, and mind you, I've also seen him in that uh, new series with uh, John Cena,
1: Peacemaker, the Peacemaker, uh, oh, he's where in that. yeah where he's
0: like a. Yeah. Racist, uh, he's he's a father peacemaker and he's like a
1: racist superhero. The white dragon, yeah.
0: Uh, But in uh, what (laughs) Josiah saw, he's like a backwoods hick type of person who has very much ancestral desires and stuff. And he's creepy in this movie, he's creepy as fuck because I don't know if he's had work done, but he has like a very pulled face and his hair is just like really shot. It's like it looks like it's thinned out. And His face is, looks like it's been pulled. I'm he looks scared. I mean, he's getting old in there, and <laughs> he looks it, it, yeah, he looks trippy, you know. But I mean, uh, it could be just his natural expressions. But uh, we mighty. have Craig Schaefer, who is also like in a lot of 80s movies, um, uh, ladies of teenage rom coms, where he plays the asshole.
2: all word that's funny. he plays the asshole yeah, in this he does one, play too. The asshole.
0: Yeah. Uh we also have a uh, Peter Berg. I s- think the only other movie I've seen him in, or at least I recognize him from. Um, is uh, The Great White Hope with Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. and uh, Damon Wayans uh, where he plays like this uh, Damon, how have I, boxer. I don't
2: know if you have ever heard that fucking movie. That's, yeah, that's it's, a, it's The
0: it's a Great White Hype. hype. The Great yeah, White Hype, yeah. So, All okay. right. Yeah.
2: He, Same response. He, like. He's, like, he's like a <laughs>
0: punk rocker who used to be a boxer and they try to get him to fight Damon Wayans who's overweight and doesn't give a shit because uh, pretty much Samuel Jackson is like the – what's the guy that used to The promoter for Mike Tyson – He's a big hair kind of guy. Don, Don King? King. Don King. He's kind of like that character in this that's, movie. That's
2: hilarious. Um,
0: but we also have um, another uh, person who's no stranger to alien films, Henry Thomas. Mm. He's the young kid who also played Elliot in E.T. No shit. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. him. <laughs> One of Roland's most hated films. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he played the alien in <laughs> no. I know. I forget the other guy's name. I think it was uh, Bradley. I. Uh, Seen him in a bunch of other movies too. I don't remember I can't recall His name though. Was uh Noble Willingham, who plays the sheriff. Oh. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of movies also. Oh, and James Garner. And James Garner <laughs> a fucking Maverick, dude. Yeah. Like um, does a really good uh Texas lawman Texas law law vibe vibe. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Even though it's, not, it's yeah. not Texas, right? But I mean, like he has that kind of presence to him. And um, a man who's been around and he knows Yeah. He's, he's seen a lot of shit, you know. <laughs> um, that's why he doesn't buy their story initially. Uh, but yeah, that's those are people like I pretty much know from this uh, film. But um, Roland, what are your thoughts on Fire in the Sky?
1: Uh, I mean, it's a cool film. Uh, is this, uh, have and, you seen
0: it before?
1: Uh, I thought I had, but thinking back, I'm not sure now. Really? Uh, so probably not. I feel I mean, like, the, like Fire I, in the Sky like is a like movie I like remember Robert Patrick at all. I'm pretty I mean,
0: sure, like I've seen it, like in yeah your vicinity. But so I mean, like, I know, I
1: know I've I feel like I've seen. Clips of that that crap because I mean it used to show it all the time on like TNT and USA and stuff. Yeah. And uh so you know, we're just flipping through the channels. It's like, okay, cool, I'll watch this for like ten minutes or something and next commercial break, change it again or some shit. And I, I did I did catch clips of it. I just don't remember anything. So it might as well have not happened. So, and <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Cause uh, it was Well then what still, did you, yeah, what cool do you think movie. about it now then? I mean, it's great. I I I did enjoy it. Um I, I I like the way it's shot. I like where it's shot, you know how they you know the camera's uh had a good uh quality to the to the um, the film. Um the story was cool. Uh pretty easy to understand how like it all, you know, it was very believable in the sense of how like everything sort of came together like the events that yeah. happened. He was abducted. Uh, you know the the his friends were blamed. You know a lot, a lot of reasonable things that you would kind of expect. Okay, here let's find the suspects. You know mm-hmm. t- an entire town gets turned against them because everybody there knows everybody too. And then you have the again the the Fed coming in like oh, I'll fix this shit. You know and. And in all of this, there's the sheriff and then the aliens.
0: Like, it's pretty straightforward, I would it imagine. It is. It is. But um, so, like,
1: that's why I, for like seeing it, I, I enjoy most of like how it's shot and like what they do. With you know how everything kind of, of like
0: escalates just, in the film? It's.
1: With the exception of the silliness with the aliens and all that crap, all that.
0: The fact that this is supposed to like take place initially, like in just five days.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm just like, a week goes by so fast and so much shit just. So, occurs in that one week I'm like back in the day since they didn't have the, the technology and the phones and all this other shit to distract them like yep. you're kind of just in those moments they're just really long
1: for some reason I always say it made me think a lot of Jacob's Ladder uh when I was watching Where you bring movie. that movie up a lot I guess that's gonna be a mandate next, yeah uh, next, uh, <laughs> next year. I uh I mean it's it's an awesome fucking movie am yeah. I wrong
0: Ray no you're not wrong I
1: know, but I'm just I saying. Mean, but I, like you, I, you, you I, just wrote, I oh, feel I, I do, I do. But like yeah,
0: because Jacob's ladder well, has been invoked so many times on the we, podcast, uh, even not on the podcast.
1: You reference Jacob's ladder. All uh, yep. This is with Tim
0: of, Robbins. Am I? I'm, yeah. I'm not no, I'm right. Okay. Where Which is usually
1: in? a good way to gauge if I enjoy it or not. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah we weren't going it. anywhere with that. You I keep was, mentioning. Was, it. You are asking me about how like we were going along with. Uh, what so it, although although
2: it, was, it did take place over like five days and they did jam a lot of stuff in those days, I thought that the film did a good job of at least giving believable time lapses. Like they at least had enough buildup where like one night they're or one afternoon they're getting you know asked to go take a polygraph test yeah. about. Travis's disappearance, and then they get it right, to where it's like, okay, yeah. Then now, the next morning, these guys show up, or like two days later. I'm not, I'm not sure how the progression in the film, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, it's believable. Like they did take time to think about it, and they don't see that necessarily. Right. You know, like, and, but so I think they did a good job of like making it feel like it's not all just happening in one day, or yeah. there's just like too the much pacing stuff going of the on. events. Is that it went yeah. through
1: the week, scenes. right? pretty but cool, it's kind photo. of uh, crazy way.
2: how but quick, they jam in so much but it's still like it's like okay cool I could see how a night of stuff that we don't see leading into to the right. next day happens like oh next thing you know it's Robert Patrick getting ready to go you know show up to the police station with his buddies
0: right uh, it's it's crazy to see how quickly again a small town can turn on you mm-hmm. in this uh, just the way this movie describes it I, I don't recall how quickly how that happens in the book necessarily uh, but it is kind of it's uh, scary to think that people you know in your life, um, just from one misunderstanding, the whole town thinks you are. This or one day, really day to the next, person, how quick you know? they turn
1: on you, rather. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: I mean, there, the, there's, there's a scene in the the town hall where he sees everyone going in, even his fucking wife is there. Yeah. Yeah. And like they're in kind of. Church or something in the like the that. Church. Yeah. sheriff's so addressing just them. Just the like,
2: yo, hang them, basically. Yeah.
0: Know? Pretty much they, and just without any evidence, without any sort <laughs> of uh, like actual testimony from everyone, they're just right. like, right. they've they already them made them up and, their minds. Yeah, just my
2: mentality just yeah. went rampant, like super fast yeah. in that community. Yeah. They just don't want to deal with this shit. But I do think it's funny how, you know, just if this reflects real events closely, is that the town just wasn't, you know, maybe not they're all murderers, but when the, you know, the one guy, the asshole, he, he was a drifter or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't, so, and I'm not sure about the real, the real makeup of these dudes and the story that actually occurred. In my understanding, that guy, guy was
0: was like, uh, he had a record on him, so yeah, like that record, already. Like he was a bit of a drifter or whatever. Yeah. But it
2: wasn't clear whether in the in the movie that he became a local. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he I think he, seen, I think it seems
0: like he's just outside of the, the outskirts of the town because he seems like he's hanging out with a bunch of Mexicans.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> he goes to go hide, man. was yeah. like, playing cards and shit. Told totally you yeah. about that.
0: He went all Sarah Connor and shit. Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: huh,
1: nice.
0: Went at like uh, the Mexican and trailer park.
2: about the same, dude. What's that? Like in Terminator. It's like, true, yeah. Like the lighting was about the same. That just means he knows where to get all the guns then.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, T1000. There you go. He had some. Uh, Robert Patrick was like, no, we gotta make it just like the desert <laughs> scene in like the Terminator 2. <laughs> yeah.
2: Did this movie come out after? Yeah. Terminator two? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I couldn't remember when it was. Done. It came
0: out. The movie came out after the movie takes place in 1975. Well, right, but yeah. And strangely enough, uh, we have the Mothman prophecies, which takes place in 1967. I think 71 ish was is when uh, the Mothman prophecies book comes out. And prior to that, uh, we've also had, of course, Roswell happen. Yeah. We've also had the Betty and Barney Hill uh, abduction as well. There's a lot of little. Things that they kind of, I guess, uh, again, Easter egg in the movie because, like, that young kid, he's uh, Henry Thomas. He's reading, like, a National Enquirer that has, like, stories yeah. from, like, abductions or men. I think the headline was, Nebraska man is abducted by aliens. Yeah. And just yeah. so happens, there's Travis Walton. So, like, uh, the Fed, James Garner, he sees that and is already suspicious that it's a... They murdered him for, for sure. Yep. And then when he comes back, he's like, then it's just a hoax. Like, they yeah. just planned this whole thing. So what else? No, you uh, did
1: it. I know you did it. Just say you did it and we can both
2: be right. on our way. But I guess to set Merry the stage way. for the events as far as the movie goes, um, you got a crew of six, seven dudes. They're hardworking loggers. They've got a contract with the state or hey, something. They job wood. Yeah. But they're out clearing timber and on the way back from work one night, they start seeing the what they call you know the fire in the sky where you know just the
0: it was just like a light. Uh, according to um, the actual events, they are pretty much play out the way they do in the movie. Like they're driving, they're kind of like all tired. It is in the evening. They see a light that they think that might be a fire, mm-hmm. uh, and then Travis uh, Walton gets out of the car, and they're like as seems like terrified as they are in the movie. They're in the according to him. They're like telling him to come back. Yeah. And he gets zapped by the light. And from his from his initial uh thoughts is that he gets zapped. From his perspective, he wakes up on a table. As in this movie, he wakes up in this kind of weird gelatin kind of yeah, like, like, fucking like a weird. Like cocoon.
2: Yeah. yeah. It was like,
0: Neo coming out. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, It does look gross. <laughs> and, I mean, I like how they added, like, the action. Because in, in his actual account, he does fight off the alien a little bit. Or he tries to fight him, He tries him, to yeah. fight him off. And then he comes upon one race of aliens, and he comes upon what is assuming to be another race of aliens yeah. in the spaceship. And we'll get to, like, what uh, those might have been in just a bit. But uh, in the film uh they I like when he like kind of breaks out of that thing and there's like this whole room is all like you said matrixy right there's like a bunch of like little pods pods like, just all over the place the walls and shit. yeah and he's like floating like holding on to whatever the fuck that thing is, and then he like floats directly into that one cocoon and then like it's it's a fucking cool scene like. He hits all this like gelatin kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, and, like, oh, and there's like all these
2: people, right? And there's yeah.
0: like a fucking dead body in there that's been rotting. And that's fucking disgusting. It's fucking cool, but then he maneuvers his way into this room where there's uh, what seems like aliens, and he goes like, <laughs> when he's like touching it, he goes like, space suit. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course that one comes up to him. He's like, Wah! kick him, you know. Then in that one scene, he goes to. Uh, Like he's trying to escape, and then pretty much they capture him. They drag him to like the table, Mm -hmm. which he initially in the real one, the real account he wakes up on. But then they
2: sheepskin over him.
0: Yeah, which is assuming like I don't know if it's like fucking hurting him in some way, or he's just still terrified. Because it seems like he's actually like lying on it, but he's like floating just slightly above the bed. And then of course they put that shit in his mouth and yeah. that fucking dirty ass metal too. They really have to make this uh, spaceship look dirty as fuck. <laughs> I like, go well, to me, I've always thought aliens to be really sparkly clean, <laughs> you know, yeah.
2: like they don't have hair, they're like hairless beings. Well, and also reports of abductees, they talk about how oh, there's like a like an antiseptic smell to the place yeah, and shit. Mm-hmm. Like um, everything's clean, like yeah, this brightly this. Lit.
0: this uh, this uh, scene looks more like, it, like it's like it's from a, a hostel shoot. with like these like uh, little people that have gone and like gone rogue and they're like taking Most people's limbs and selling shit. them on the black market or something. Like it
2: looks like the fucking cantina on Mos Eisley <laughs> in the first Star Wars movie. Like
0: just <laughs> <laughs> it looks dirty as fuck, right? And of course, there's like you see like the fact that they've actually been abducting people this whole time, and they have. It's, it seems like they have like malicious intent, but then he they just bring them back. Yeah, you know. So what was that
2: about? Yeah, so it's like what made him special because, like, he stumbled upon a once-was-alive person in one of his pods. So, like, what was special about Travis to where – because, like, what was going to stop these aliens from just, like, knocking him back out, throwing another pod and go, okay, just watch this one. Like, (laughs) like how many jailbreaks have happened, you know? And so do all these – are the jailbreakies, uh, like – the chosen ones that get returned to Earth to spread the message of aliens, and the rest right. just become like I don't know, biofuel or whatever. Like
0: uh, regarding all that trauma that he goes through, and of course in the movie, and then there's there's one part in this film that that I still don't like to this day, and it's that last line he says in the movie when uh, Robert Patrick or Mike yeah. uh, is asking him like, why do they think? Uh, I think he asked him like, why did they bring oh, it back? It's like
1: a dumb joke. Well,
0: yeah. When he goes, like, I don't think they're coming back. And he goes, Why do you think that? And he's like, I don't think they like me very much. And then yeah. they're both, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they drive off.
2: I guess I hated I, guess I wiped that from my mind. I hated eye.
0: that line so much. I still don't like it. Yeah, I I'm totally like that's see a fucking traumatic like as that, fuck experience. Shit. And they're just like yeah. they don't like me anymore. Why did they? Again, why did they drop him off? What makes him whatever. so special? You know.
1: And at the end, they high fived.
0: Man, if they had jumped up in the middle and <laughs> right. stopped there, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: fucking Saved
2: by the Bell theme song. <laughs> get probed. <laughs> um, That's like our montage idea for uh, Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, regarding the people in the town, the Robert Patrick and everyone else, they gotta get forgotten as soon as uh, Travis comes back. You know, like yeah, Travis kind of makes him feel like shit yeah. because
1: like he... They left him there. He feels
0: guilty that uh, Mike feels guilty that he left him there. And he was also, just
1: like, well, fuck you. It's like, yeah, it's
0: yeah. but I, I think that's the, stick around at the again. end of the movie. That's why they make peace because uh, alien. Uh, um, he kind food. of made made it seem like like how dare you like left me behind? Yeah, like, but you didn't. You see went over there, like asshole. asshole. And of course, he went back <laughs> exactly. to go look for him. That's the other, but that's true. I mean, in any situation like that, if. You're with a group of people. Grown-ass man. One of you gets experience. out of the car when you're specifically yelling at him not to get out of the car. Yeah. And you get zapped by an alien. <laughs> i like in the car like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. they all fucking take off.
1: <laughs> Fuck it. Leave
0: him. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you've seen like the, I mean, I would have thought he was dead too. Because if you're in the film and you see him up close and he gets zapped.
2: And then he was thrown like 10
0: feet. Yeah. But then there's like smoke coming out of his mouth. Oh, it yeah. seems, and you're just like, Yeah, this fucker's dead, man. Like See ya.
2: run. Everyone gets the yep. fuck out. You um, just got Death Star, bro. Yeah. Let's get out of here.
0: Um, there was a little bit of a comedic element to that. Whenever Mike drops them off in the middle of the woods, and then they're all standing there, and then they hear birds chirping and they all fucking like freak the fuck out. It goes right back to the scene where they're in the diner recounting their tales to the the fed, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Garner. Do you have any uh do you have any uh
1: no, no, I was just wondering what you thought about it as far as uh,
0: right? Uh, so uh, we can talk about now? some of the elements that are real, didn't make the and, cut. yeah. didn't make the cut in this movie, and they're quite humorous because if you're thinking that, sure, it would be terrifying for anyone to encounter aliens, especially if you're not ready for it.
1: Yeah, I should myself. Um, fine, the kind of aliens that I'll buy I beans that
0: night, he mentions are. Fairly typical of the characteristics of a gray. Yeah, but um, mm. they weren't necessarily that color, though.
1: Yeah,
2: right. But, but also like you no, know, that was the initial the, the initial aliens
0: go. the initial aliens. Yeah, uh, right. That he sees that are kind of standing over him in the in the little lab that they have there, but there are other aliens that he does see. Well, before we before we get into that, like what happens. Uh, he actually tries to fight the aliens, yes. which he kind of, yes. kind of, kind of loosely does in the movie. You want to get Yes, that I do. Um, We're gonna go through the book specifically to get a quote, direct quote from Travis Walton uh, regarding how that initial
2: or that potential fight would have gone with the aliens. Oh, well, this is a good one. With the superhuman effort of a cornered animal, I ground out. The-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I ground out the strength to defend myself.
2: <laughs> Let's see uh, another man. highlight. I sprang into a fighting stance with my legs spread wide to brace for the attack. I lashed out with the weapon at advance at the advancing creatures, screaming desperate, hysterical threats. Oh. Get away from me! What are you? I shouted wildly, <laughs> shrinking away in revulsion. Very Get threatening. Get away
0: from me! <clears throat> what are you? bro. <laughs> yeah, fuck! Mind you, he did, he, he did ah. recount this where he found, like, a cylindrical clear thing, which he assumed was, like, a glass
2: yeah, he said object. Like a, yeah, but he pulled, like, a piece of a bench up in the book. Yeah, like, and then he's, like, swinging it. In, so. Yeah. So, um, page later, he says, it looked as though those years of karate training were about to pay off. Yeah, there it is.
0: You're going to use karate training to fight aliens. But I want to know specifically, I don't know if he mentions it in this book, what— style of martial arts. Is All it just actually karate? All of yeah. them. Was it that's the taekwondo? That's how anybody
1: studied at that time? You didn't pick one. You just No nah, man, he had he was he was studying
0: list. uh Hapkido, like Steven Seagal and some Bulk, shit.
2: Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. And then the alien didn't expect their pinky to be touching the back of their wrist.
0: <laughs> and I had them. Yeah. With all the strength of the universe, I took, <laughs> I took down this extraterrestrial. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he has the, laid on a mighty hip through. He always sounds like, like, keep back, damn you. <laughs> Seems oh, very um, Charlton Heston. Uh, Dude, I was
2: thinking Charlton type. Heston would be great, but like, a mashup between like Kirk and McCoy there. Like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like it really happened, guys. <laughs> word for word.
0: Yeah. So like regarding the actual um, first uh, aliens, which probably would have been the greatest. This is his description of them. It says their smooth skin was so pale that it looked chalky, like ivory. The skin was so delicate and thin to the point of translucent. That that subtle semi transparency made the life fluids just underneath the skin falsely suggest moistness of the surface, contrasting its actual dryness. Uh, It says the thin white membrane stretched over the curves of their small bodies without wrinkles. The bends of their fingers and necks made very small, slightly rounded folds against, again, instead of sharpness, sharp creases, sorry. Uh, Again, of course, typical, their bald heads were disproportionately large for their puny bodies. I feel like I've heard someone say that exact quote before Mm. uh, regarding an actual human. Uh, They had bulgy, oversized craniums, a small jaw structure, and underdeveloped appearance to their features that was almost infantile. That was an instance here, like he basically said they look, oh, yeah. Here's, here's the one thing I want to say. Their overall look was disturbingly like a human fetus. <laughs> so they looked like a human fetus. <laughs> um, so that was like the first race of aliens that he did see. And then
2: he came upon... those brown-eyed dudes. Like the big... Or what are the initial grays? I think those All were, those were them, the big yeah. Brown, yeah. Yeah, I remember like that, coming through there real quick going like... He was describing, you know, it's like big brown eyes. And usually they're like black in a lot of accounts. Right. Gray encounters but
0: so there was another instance where he was uh he had escaped those particular aliens and was kind of like roaming like roaming around the ship and then he came across like a chair and like it seemed like like the control area and stuff. So says so I whirled around and looked at the door and there standing in the open doorway was a human being. <laughs> Was this navy officer or <laughs> like that? Like
2: he put or air force. <laughs> he said something like that.
0: Says I stood frozen to the spot. He was a man about six feet two inches tall. His helmeted head barely cleared the doorway. He was extremely muscular and even proportioned. Evenly proportioned. He appeared to weigh about two hundred pounds. He wore a tight-fitting, bright blue suit of soft material like a velour.
2: And then we embraced. (laughs) Yeah, I thought like descriptions were getting pretty detailed.
0: His feet were covered with black boots, a black band or belt wrapped around his middle. He carried no tools or weapons on his belt or in his hands. No insignia marked
2: his clothing. And I knew I encountered another karate master. (laughs) (laughs) We bowed to each other. This is my final boss. (laughs) He did
0: did think the man was from NASA. Assumed our stances. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is his own words here. It says, uh, continuing on, <laughs> wow, how did he get here? Is he from the Air Force? What's going on uh, here? Maybe he's from NASA. I'm saved, another human, one of my own kind, relief flooded over me. Never before had I been so glad to
2: see a total stranger. Um, oh, Roland, you missed this, but um, talking about some of the Walton experience, Um I had an idea for what they should do in a future It's Always Sunny episode. Have, like, the gang gets abducted, and Mac has one of those moments, but he goes to try to fight the aliens with his Mac-foo. Perfect. Yeah. We need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I know Glenn Howerton and yeah, Rob are right. totally listening and right. watching this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, um, I'll, I'll DM him uh, a little later. Yeah. Ah,
0: cool. Yeah. Well, you don't have their number yet? No, they said it was just too personal for that. Uh, so it was just direct emails. Like, not they're always sunny, but they're actual direct emails that they get personal stuff on. So I'll, mm. I'll contact them.
1: Awesome. <laughs> um,
0: he did come across uh, three other humans, as he puts it. Uh, two men and women standing around a table. He said, like, the two men had a muscularity and the same masculine good looks as the first man. And the woman also had a face and figure that was the epitome of her gender
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that's oh, i forgot that uh, smooth God skin lied. and uh, smooth skin line. and blem- blemishless it, we've i read, I've read uh, I've no read
0: moles that. freckles wrinkles or scars marked their skin the the, the, stri- the striking good looks of the man i had first met became more obvious on seeing them all together a word
2: there a perfect man yeah. right.
0: <laughs> they shared a family like resemblance although they were not identical uh, but they had like this brown, brownish, uh blondish hair kind of uh so uh regarding that, so we have like kind of like a typical gray type of character. So um I had to like go through my trusty um the extraterrestrial species almanac, uh the ultimate guide to Greys, Reptilians, Hybrids, and Nordics, uh by Craig uh some dude. <laughs> I can't say the last name, but this book right here.
2: You know the last name. Like, compobasso. Yeah, I wasn't going to try
0: that. but uh,
2: Compobasso. Here you go.
0: So I was kind of, uh, after reading that little excerpt, kind of looking at the type of human aliens that they say here. What I came across was the Alterians. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I was looking for physical characteristics, because, I mean, that's the only thing he describes in the book necessarily. And it says, the Alturians are indistinguishable from Earth humans, though they are smaller. Men, six to nine feet tall. So, like, six that's kind of like roughly mm. around what he said okay. women are 5 foot 9 to 7 feet the Alterians are a beautiful race yeah. men have toned muscular bodies and women are voluptuous the <laughs> epitome of their gender again that's, that's what right. that means
1: that's right <laughs> obviously
0: although oh, although most although most are light skinned, some Altarian skin tones range from blue, green, tan and brown to a variety of other hues from breeding with other human races, the skin tone spectrum is the natural occurrence within star nations. The alterians also study the colors in the suns and stars in planetary systems to understand how the frequency of light denotes our different skin pigmentations. Um and apparently the origins
2: races. Gotcha. <laughs> the the the
0: <laughs> the, you know, the origins of the Alterians are from the Aquila constellation. Inhabitable worlds in their immediate vicinity are home to other humanoids, reptilians, and greys maybe the Greys and the Alterians kind of got together and did a little Earth reconnaissance. You know, (laughs) who knows? Alterians are great cohabitors with other races. So it it would make sense that they are... Well, they're they're there, yeah. Yeah.
2: And uh, as we were talking pre-episode, again, um, you know, you also have multiple races of aliens being present at the same events, like Coronado Hotel, where a bunch of people saw UFO shit, but then people were seeing Greys, they were seeing insectoids uh Alturians yeah. and shit um, then you have the communion story with uh, William Strieber. Well, I was going to call him Whiteley Streber but anyway. <laughs> Um where he sees greys and insectoids yeah. and then the little blue dudes the dusky right. blue dudes um, so is there a case where there's a lot of I guess you know Team up missions between some of these other races. I out think there that to that um, humans, you
0: know, I think humans. All be, it seems that humans seem to be the obvious babies of the universe. If that's the case, because if all these other uh, races are far more intelligent and kind of working together, or at least some of them are, or some of them have uh ulterior motives as uh, some kind of world domination, where they, we'll, we'll get there at some point where they they all have like a treaty amongst them. Yeah, with, there's like with the Earth the Federation. And stuff like that.
2: Which, what I find weird about. Communion and not necessarily communion, but this story, if there are Altarians in play, I want to say the Grays are not necessarily part of that treaty. Like them and the reptilians are basically buddied up from what I've heard again Federation, I
0: could like, be wrong though, that the Greys did were part of that treaty, but at some point or another they kind of like fucked it off. Fucked it off. Yeah, exactly. So apparently, according to what I've read and what I've heard. Uh, Greys were allowed to abduct humans, but bring them back, but also give a list to, I guess, our government. Yes, of no, who they there was, were.
2: There was, there was definitely. Oh, you're but they were doing more. Treaty. Yeah, like yes, that particular the treaty. Eisenhower. Yeah. Eisenhower shit.
0: Where they didn't give lists and they started just abducting without uh, recording stuff, recording mm-hmm. like names and people who were there taking. So they kind of like fucked off There's on that great, particular treaty.
2: Right, but perhaps. There's a, the intergalactic treaty or yeah, that's yeah. there. Like they did basically reneged similarly. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So the Altarians uh, says that they follow this cosmic law, uh, cosmic law of one, which I'll just read here real quickly so you get an idea. Uh, maybe puts more context into the Travis Walton story. So it says these laws are designed to align lives to the universal frequency of harmony. It says the law of unity, everything is interconnected, When you are at one with yourself, you are at one with everyone. There is no separation. Uh, Two, law of vibration, tuning the spiritual body to vibrate at a high frequency enriches life. Three, the law of manifestation, using your frequency to manifest your hopes, dreams, and desires. And then uh, the law of cause and effect, the energy frequency you put out is the energy frequency you get back. Sounds like a Beatles song. Uh, the law of mental clarity, connecting to source daily for mental clarity. And law of spiritual development, connect, connecting to source daily to design your spiritual path towards divinity. And number seven, the law of physical health, eat right, exercise, and laugh. So this
2: sounds like the New Age movement met the Space Brothers movement. Right. And then they, you know got in the sack and then produced a baby called this <laughs> Law of One or yeah. Rule of One or whatever the fuck it's called.
0: There are lots of uh, alien races that follow that particular Cosmic Law of One. Um,
2: yeah, because he's also the same guys that will come down and warn contactees about uh, nuclear proliferation and how that's bad and how we're shooting right. to our environment. Like, it's all in the same, like, tread. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that works.
0: Something. Um, so back to the film Um, do you have any other thoughts regarding the movie itself No, it's a cool movie
1: I I liked it a lot
0: do you have any thoughts on the Travis Walton's uh,
1: oh his experience his experience I mean I'd be inclined to believe him sure I'm after meeting him and you know the little I've read over. This, I mean, honestly, though, know, I, I do believe Travis Walton. Um, I don't think he's a liar. If that's if that's yeah,
0: right. Well, I mean, I there think. there's instances where like people stick to their story, even at their detriment. Yeah, um, it really hasn't helped him any, hasn't done him any favors. Other than, I mean, they made a movie of him, sure. Um, and I say the same thing about Willie Strieber, which is also kind of iffy on that, but. Um, it's done him no favors either. Like, yeah. I mean, he's not rich and famous off this. <laughs> he's pretty much considered a quack by a lot of people. I mean, there's other, like, Bob Lazar, same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah another person be the, who be the easiest it did, did him no favors, like, revealing this information, which uh, seems to be truthful now, like, because of some of the technology. But Bob Lazar doesn't, never seemed uh, interested in the, or at this point, doesn't seem interested in um, the alien overall aspect of the mm. pers- or that alien perspective he just cares about the technology and, and all that kind of stuff yeah I mean, you, anything else guys like, I don't know if anything else I mean we've touched on uh, some of the stuff regarding uh, the real version of Travis Walton's story and
1: the movie I mean do what, you what, do, do, what any... do you think
0: about like do you think of, like the end the movie the, the, <clears> the ending resolved that,
1: the God, that's well stupid ending
0: yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't really like that the, the line in the ending. I don't mind them getting the, together and make old, amends. I
1: think probably the biggest problem with that movie is that fucking end. Yeah,
0: I, I don't because like. I don't like the fact that. that like, I, I Honestly, like the fact that DB Sweeney kind of fucking goes. I don't think they like me anymore, and then he smiles.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs>
0: no, I, I wish they had probably like. I mean, they kind of they didn't go back. They, they talked about, like, well, you saw, like, the little uh, title cards at the end of the movie. Uh, whatever happened to Travis and Mike or
1: whatever. Right, But families. I wish stuff. they would have
0: gone through, like, the other guys because, I mean, yeah. they were affected too, you know. But, I mean, I guess as far as the movie is concerned, they kind of have to just zero in on the focus between these two people. And I don't even know necessarily if Mike Rogers and uh, Travis Walton were actually r- going to be related at some point. Right, I, that could have been just part of the movie, which again I didn't really delve further into. But I know Travis Walton getting married at some point and became like a foreman at some mill or some shit. Um, but as far as I know about him mm. now, of course now he does like the convention like, center, which yeah. is probably may, making way more money. In doing that. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I hope so. When I saw him at the convention, and he was doing Q and A, there was a few people that going they're very. I was annoyed by these people, but I mean, I don't know if he was. He seemed like they're just asking kind of ridiculous questions because that he wouldn't know necessarily himself. Of course, they wanted to know, like, if they gave him any answers to life and stuff. And he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it's scary. Where where did they, where he was like, I think they asked him, like, where did they, where where did they take you? Did they show you anything? He's like, well, I was just kind of in this spaceship. I don't (laughs) recall. Some people asked him pretty much the same question again later on. And he's just like. No, like he didn't like elaborate. He's just like no, like he's like I don't know. He's like where are they from? He's like I don't know, not here. (laughs) Um, I have to go back real quick. Uh, Though again, from uh, Travis Walton's perspective in the book and according to and the movie, he ends up at a gas ends up at a gas station calling Mike on the the, from a phone booth. Right. And mind you, it's raining. It's where did he get the money? Yeah. Oh, that's what I was just about to get at. In the in the book, he mentions Any exact change. that at, at that particular time you didn't have to make a you didn't have to put a diamond in for a collect call. Oh, no, you just shit. hit zero. And you know, in the movie, he goes, um, "Do you accept the uh, the call from?" And that that's the way it used to be. You know, like yeah, you could easily call someone, but they had to pay for that. Right. Remember, you had to get an actual phone bill from a landline. Yeah, and stuff like that. right. Way way, way um, times. So. That was one question I had, too. How the fuck did he call him? How did he get the money? So basically, I think, in, according to the book, he wakes up on a road and he sees the spaceship take off. And then he's, like, just walk, going to the next gas station or the next one he finds because he's looking for and a phone. And he makes
1: a call and stuff himself? Yeah,
0: so he, okay. he said he goes to one phone booth that doesn't work and then he that goes sucks. to the next one. And, like, that one did work. And he mentions, he's specifically mentions, like, that I didn't have to use money. Like, he just had to, like, call the operator. Yeah. And then they did the collect call. Um, y'all remember those, like, 1-800 collect yeah, commercials? If, yeah, you accept the charges. Yeah. From my understanding in the his account, he called them. They gathered some people and they drove over. But he wasn't as traumatized as he was in the movie. Gotcha. You know how he's, like, all curled up and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Travis, you okay?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> he, <screaming> <laughs> yeah. he basically said he was tired and hungry and that of course I mean they gave him food and shit like that he got him a glass of water Travis um, you're not you and you're hungry have a Snickers <laughs> <laughs> product placement <laughs> <laughs> oh. what kind of candies did they have back then did they have candies back then yes
2: yeah I mean That's they gave him fucking a,
0: edlined, but whatever no nah, man they gave him fucking uh, glass candy, glass
2: candy, candy corn Kind <laughs> of <that a> classic <laughs> you hoo <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sugar it up, Travis. Also, in the movie, they bring these, like, quote-unquote UFO experts, uh, and they kind of, like, kind of wants a urine sample. But it, in the actual account, they take him to a doctor the next day to do some tests on him to make sure there's no radiation. I think there was a person in there that was a, quote-unquote, UFO expert. that kind of recommended that as being less intrusive as he is in the movie where they're just kind of like berating. like They're all in yeah. like that little cramps bathroom. And then, of course, he touches the little, he sees the little dots and stuff and he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's cool. Oh The syrup falling on him. Uh, that's gross. <laughs> but yeah, so what came of all that, I don't recall in, in real life uh, other than we know Travis Walton is still going around talking about it because people are still interested.
1: I mean, maybe you would be lucky and you can go meet him. Yeah, it's you fun. can. Yeah.
0: Um, I know Betty around. and Barney Hill are dead, <laughs> so can't really ask them about anything anymore. I'm pretty sure they'd be a hot topic,
2: yeah, a hot absolutely.
0: guest on uh, any of these uh, convention circuits. They'd be like MUFON royalty. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you have like the trifecta of people. And you have like the MUFON festival. You have like Von Donick in there, Wheatley Streeper, Travis Walton. The corpses of Betty and Barney Hill. Nah, he would be uh, <laughs> Nick Redfern now. Nick Redfern too, or yeah. Nick Pope also. He's that guy uh, makes the rounds also. No, I, and that guy from Ancient Aliens, the homeboy. Sukulos, yeah. That guy, yeah. Is that how do you say his last name? Sukulos. Sukulos,
1: yeah. yeah. Zoukalos. He's the one bankrolling them all. Is that what he's doing? No. Oh, you're just like <laughs> theorizing. Okay. I was like,
0: is he like the? One really? That started this
1: whole. Do you Alien? mean there's a chance? <laughs> Jeez, dude.
0: Get that guy on the podcast, yes. man. Maybe we can get <laughs> Travis Walton, Wheatley Streber, William Bramley. Let's not forget him. And uh
2: wait, man, Bramley might still be yeah. alive. Too. Is he? I think Bramley's still yeah, alive? Yeah. He was on some Ancient Aliens episodes a few yeah. years
0: ago. Oh, it sucked, man. We call him. He's just like,
2: yo, do the interview. He's <laughs> like talking <about> <laughs> like shit. And of course, be like one of those like phone in ones. And yeah. of course, the line's going to sound like an old Art Bell episode with the quality. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, i talking about the aliens. yeah, it would be pretty fucking bad. You know, I'm surprised. Like uh, listening to all those uh, old episodes of Coast to Coast with Art Bell, or even old radio stations. Probably even like as early as late or early as 2001 ish, 2005. Like the recordings of that sound terrible.
2: They're they're awful. They mm-hmm. fucking sound. It like, sounds like you know, someone
0: recording them through a fucking speaker.
2: Yeah, I mean that's like how like John Keel sounded. Like yeah. that was a. Shit and that call. was a that was a
0: phone call yeah that yeah. was that was definite phone call, uh, but even like the quality of Art Bell, again it sounds like someone recorded them through a fucking speaker, mm. because they're not getting the actual direct line from the microphone from whatever board they were using. I don't even know if they were recording them at the time, maybe they were. I don't know, but. Um, yeah even even old episodes with uh Bill Cooper and stuff like those sound like mm-hmm. pretty bad also I mean you can hear them. they they sound okay, but they don't have like near the quality of like some uh loser low lives people with no uh prior radio experience hey oh but yeah any other uh thoughts on fire in the sky
2: only that oh yeah and we yeah. also have ratings too we didn't oh, go yeah. with the right ratings and, like, oh uh, I mean I assume that was next I've yeah got, that is next in yeah. i've got uh i guess some impetus to. Look deeper into the Travis story, you know, listen to yeah. podcasts. He says as he rolls interviews. his
1: eyes so heavily.
2: Well, no, I was thinking about it. Like, <laughs> no, it's just just the stuff that's Not right. little, that's funny. <laughs> like all the other crap apart from just reading the actual like yeah. you know, account. Yeah. Um, but just like what all the other resources are out there. I mostly
1: flipped through it and yeah, it is.
0: Honestly, like uh, going through this portion, um, as he has it broken down, the chapters are real short. And again, quick read, you just fucking flip through it. Um I was able to get whatever information I could like within 10 minutes. Oh wow. Of like just skimming skimming yeah. through the
1: actual uh, chapter itself. So um I guess no one else had anything to think, say about
0: um. Humorable. I mean as far as like the movie is concerned, uh, I like it a lot. It's probably one of my favorite alien movies of all time. Okay. Um hmm. not the favorite, but one of them. <laughs> Um, I mean, I have, like, I a group that I really can't, like, put in an order, you know. I mean, there's a shit ton of alien movies out there. Like, a shit ton of cool. them. Um, but Fire in the Sky is up there because it has more of a realistic because element to it. it because it happened. We know it happened. It's fucking truth. <laughs> it's telling the fucking truth, people. Um, but it also kind of, like, just further, furthered my interest in aliens and UFOs and ghosts and supernatural shit. Um, which, to this day still exists even when I was a kid reading those really shit time life uh, books in in school like getting them to the library where you just find a snippet of like a UFO uh, story or hopefully Robert Stack will fucking enlighten me on a Friday night hell yeah to give me my fix you know also still very good you should and I think they go over a Travis Walton episode uh, oh, uh, on a, yeah. Unsolved Mysteries Unsolved Mysteries still holds up Especially that theme song. Oh, <laughs> like On a dark and stormy night and you hear... You look around, man. It's time for some
2: entertainment,
0: baby. It's time for... Man, dude, my asshole clenches up. I get that scared just from that theme song.
2: Nice. In the dark.
0: But um, just a real quick side note before we get to our actual ratings of this movie. Um, I mentioned to Roland and I have mentioned... I think I've kind of casually mentioned to you that I have an issue with going to Spirit Halloween... And, or any sort of, like, mask or Halloween decorations, I get some kind of weird triggered
2: hmm. thing
0: from it. Like, I can't enjoy the festivities of Halloween when it comes to putting on wigs, masks, costumes, all that kind of shit. I can't do it. And it, the and I was always trying to describe what it feels like to me just going near a spirit of Halloween. Even though I want to go in there, I just can't. Do you just crash into a trash can and then just go, whoa? where i'm walking up to him yeah (laughs) um whenever they put that jelly and shove the fucking metal pipe in his mouth and he's like "Ah, that's all that's how i feel that's how i feel
2: like
0: that wow that's a physical representation so great of how i feel that's how i feel
2: jeez
0: every time that's how bad it is (laughs) And I'm still trying to work my way through that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so oh, every oh, time I'm oh. just like, like, like it's bad. <laughs> so um, I'll go with my ratings for this movie. Uh, I give man. it a solid s-
1: 8 out of 10 for me. Eight, right. 8
0: out of 10 That's for me fine. That's fine. Uh, for Fire in the
1: Sky. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Roland, what do you think? 6.2. 6.2 mm-hmm. at arbitrary point two yes. nonsense numbers oh, no, so it's all six you appreciate
1: that I know solid, you appreciate what, what, what's the
0: two point what what, what is that point what is 0.2 that? Okay? i mean
1: you know just a little you like lit. Robert patrick yeah there you go <laughs> just give it that little extra seasoning
0: you were hoping he was gonna fucking like do some kind of t1000 shit don't you
1: i mean he had an awesome mullet you know he did yeah it's great it's
2: power and that neck hair uh daniel 8 out of 10 as well. 8 Actually, out of 10? I was thinking about that before we got here shortly. I was, was, like, I was like, oh, yeah. Or got to this point. I was like, yeah, this is really good. And particularly, like, as I brought up, like, towards the beginning of the episode, I really like how they showed the community impact right. of an abduction event. Like, that was really cool. And, you know, so I think that's one of the biggest things that helps, like, as you said, like, helps ground it. Yeah. You know, like, makes it more real. But, but it's just not a take you see or read about very often when it comes right. to ufological matters. It's always, like, the person, their weird experience, and maybe some of the brief fallout from when they get back or whatever. Maybe their wife divorces them or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, 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 shit happens. Yeah. But, but as far as, like, on the scale of, like, uh, what Fire in the Sky portrayed in the film, it's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that is probably, like, the main thing about this film that makes it hold up is the fact that... Uh, it's not just one person's account. It's a group of people and how they...
2: They're all stamping up and down saying, I know what I saw, you know?
0: Yeah. It's cool. And, of course, they they go through that whole... Uh, which is not as credible. I don't know how credible it was back then, but the lie detector tests were like they all kind right. of passed. And they kind of give a little bit of validity to the story and how their perspective, because not to say that that's... Uh,
1: well, valid mean, they a pass, piece of machinery that'll like right. For they the, part, the test, they right? Did, so. um,
0: but if they all stayed consistent with their story, mm-hmm. and that's probably like the one thing that uh, gives it some, some validation, credits. gives it credit, credibility. There you go. Um, so yeah, that'll be it for this episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What do you think of the Travis Walton story? Uh, do you think it's fake? Do you think it's real? And uh, have you ever seen him at a convention? He has a sweet stash. Like a Tom I Selleck seen, stash. Like, video <laughs>
2: interviews with him and stuff. Yeah. Very sweet.
0: Yeah. And he can wear a hat real cool. <laughs> I don't know. And he always wears a suit. He wears a suit. I, very yeah. old school kind of guy. He
1: had a really nice old ass. Not like
0: Bob Lazar wearing t-shirts. <laughs> 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 um, well, but yeah, that'll be it for us. Uh, stay tuned for our next Based on a True Story. alien UFO-ish type of Space. Episode.
2: See you next time.